My new book is now available. It's called Peace Over Pain: How to Eliminate Chronic Pain and or Chronic Illness so you can break free from the medical monopoly. If you want it instantly, you can get the ebook and audiobook together as a package on peaceoverpain.com. And of course, the paperback is available on Amazon right now. Welcome to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese, a program that can help you become liberated in the modern world. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin W. Reese. So is Jesus Christ inside you? Welcome to episode number 142. Today, I'm sitting down with the world-renowned Santos Bonacci. He's a researcher, a syncretist, and a public speaker. So before we begin, sit down and relax. And take in this beautiful and valuable recording. Let's begin. Santos, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me on, brother. Much appreciated. Who or what is the Christ within? The Christ within is your higher self, which um, in scripture it says that Christ came in the flesh which means that all the sons of God, excluding the sons of the devil who uh, do not acknowledge the deity, the divinity, they all have this seed and potential to raise the Christ within, as Colossians 1, 26, 27 says, the Christ in you. You see, the apostle Paul knew, he never spoke about a literal Christ. In all of his 13 epistles, there is no mention at all of a historical figure called Christ because he knew that Christ is the God seed with which we have all been blessed as sons of God. So this uh, seed is produced by the body. Every month when the moon transits your sun sign, your personal new moon. In other words, whenever the, the moon transits the sign in which you were born, in my case, it's Aries. But if you're a Taurian or a Gemini, when the moon enters that sign of yours, where your sun is, that's a new moon. That's a personal new moon. The moon germinates a psychophysical germ called the chrism in your solar plexus. Yeah. It's like a womb. It's a spiritual womb that both men and women have. And that, once it is nurtured and protected, it raises, it goes up your spinal column and then enters into the holy of holy, the cerebrum, and activates the higher mind. And is this where Santa Claus comes from, the claustrum? Yeah. Santa Claus is up in the um, in the the Santa claustrum, 
The claustrum is a little closet just below the cerebrum where all the cerebrospinal fluids, i.e. chrism, is produced. And it's called the holy or the Santa claustrum. So Santa Claus is in your head, just on top of the, in the north, at the North Pole. Yeah. Well, obviously, this is the North Pole. This point here in acupuncture is called Polaris, the North Pole. The Chinese know this. And this is the dome of heaven. So the claustrum, which is here, the Santa claustrum, it releases oils which go down the chimney, down to the solar plexus, the, or the sacral plexus and um, there is where this psychophysical germ is germinated every month when the moon transits your sun sign so with good habits no drinking overeating no black tantric sex no anger and bitterness and resentment that seed is protected because in the Bible, baby Jesus is wrapped in fine linen, mm. denoting that this seed has a fine, fine, very, very fragile covering. And if our bodies are acidic, it dissolves that fragile covering and the seed is destroyed. So people who live licentiously, they destroy the seed the moment it's born. Those who meditate and do yoga and are on the path, they preserve that seed and that seed grows and those people become more conscious. They become more like Christ in the Bible. It's the only place you'll find Christ as a, um, as a person in scripture um, because it's a gospel. It's the gospel of Christ. A gospel means, you know, well, basically it's a fairy tale for adults, but fairy tales contain the highest truths known to man. Mm. I always tell people like the, the greatest, most informative song ever is row your boat. <laughs> yeah. There's so much knowledge in that little kid song. Yes. Now you said it comes up the spine. The spine has 33 vertebrae. Mm -hmm. Jesus supposedly died at 33. That's right. This is all in scripture um, indicating teaching us the process that occurs within the body. Once the 33rd vertebrae, the top of it is right there behind your nose. And that bone is called atlas. And that atlas allows your head to move like a swivel. So it's holding the globe of the toroidal field that our plain stationary earth is encased within mm. and so once that seed climbs up the spine and hits the 33rd vertebrae it crosses what's called the vagus nerve the mm. vagus nerve crosses right at the top there it's called the pneumogastric nerve which feeds all the vital organs of the body once it crosses over that it's called the crucifixion and the crucifixion happens at the 33rd vertebrae, just above Atlas. And from there, that highly charged seed now goes to the fornix. And in the fornix, in the third ventricle, uh, an electrical 
current is generated, which goes through the lateral pillars and hits the back of the fornix. And then with, after three days, all the dormant brain cells in the cerebrum are activated. And then one has a golden glow of a halo. Those pictures you see of Jesus and the Madonna and everyone with that golden halo surrounding them, that indicates that they've risen the Christ. So halo comes from halogen, which comes from salt, which comes from salvation. This, this salt, this seed needs to be preserved and raised. And once it hits the medulla oblongata in the centre of the, the cranium, then it activates the fornix. So it's, is it safe to say that the Bible is not, it's not pure fact, it's a parable with lots of truth and knowledge in it, just, it's just shaped in a, in a story? Well, it's pure truth. Let's not get fact and truth confused. Mm. Facts change. Truths are immutable. The Bible is full of truth, not facts. There are facts in there, yeah, for sure. I mean, it, by default, there has to be facts in truth, but there can be truth with false facts, but there can't be facts with false, false truth. Mm. Facts are always changing, you know I mean? We see that all the time in this, in this pseudoscience world. So everything in the Bible is true. It's just that it needs deciphering. It needs um, decoding. It's, it's not written for the average mind. Anyone will tell you that. Any churchgoer will tell you that. They, they will always tell you, oh, this part of the Bible is symbolical, uh, metaphorical, uh, hyperbole. Right. Um, allegory. Even, even the disciples said, why do you speak in parables? And he said, because these people, they can't understand. And we don't give uh, pearls to swine. We have to, the Bible is a book of parables for that reason. So the intelligent who have eyes to see and ears to hear will discern the truth in there. Is it possible that, you know, th that maybe there was a mystical man who walked around and taught and they maybe took the story and molded it how they, you know, the Roman Empire just kind of molded it how they wanted to? Yeah, it's possible. Of course it is. But um, it's that that guy is not in the scriptures. That that guy in the scriptures, that's a gospel. It's not a history. Hmm. So if he existed, well and good. But the point is, what? Well, What's the relevance, whether he existed or not? It's what's in the pages that's what's going to save you. Jesus said, the one who does my word is the one who shall be blessed. Mm. It's not the one who says, oh, it's a fact that he was historical. What, what difference does it make? What difference does it make if Julius Caesar was real or not or anyone in history? History is dead. Right. It, it doesn't even equate into the equation. It's got, it, it doesn't factor into the equation. It has no bearing on your Christianity and your ascension process. This is what I try to get into the, into the hearts and minds of those who insist that, oh, yeah, but it's got to be, no, it can't be allegorical. Uh, no, it can't be a, a gospel. It's not, no, it, it, it was historical. There's plenty of evidence. There's no evidence. There's none. Not even Philo or Josephus acknowledged. There's only four writers from the period of 
the supposed historic Jesus, and that mention a Jesus, but nothing at all else about him at all whatsoever. Mm. Not even Philo of Alexandria, who was supposedly a contemporary, Josephus, no one, Plutarch, no mention at all, nothing, absolutely nothing in history to support that Jesus was historical. But I'm not discounting that there could have been an ascended master and a, and a son of God. We're all sons of God. But, um, you know, if, if that's the case, that's, that's great. I'm, I'm open to that. But it doesn't have anything at all to do with me. I mean, I live in this house. I don't care who the builder was. He's probably dead. The guy right. who built this house I live in, I thank him for the house. It's warm. It protects me. It's cosy. But I don't know who the hell he is, and right. I don't want to know. It doesn't matter. The house is built. See, right. the scriptures are there. That's what matters. It doesn't matter whether Jesus was historical or not, or what, or who, or how. Well, the example I usually give people is Yoda in Star Wars. I mean, he kicked a lot of knowledge, but he's a fictional character. <laughs> Same with Santa Claus. Yeah. He's, he's not factual, but he is true. The story... If you, if you unlock the story of Santa Claus, oh, wow, you will understand pretty much all the mysteries of the universe, even Pinocchio. Mm. Pinocchio means pineal eye. He was a puppet. He became a real boy. You see? He became Trans Christian. Transformation. Yeah. Pinocchio. In other words, pineale in Italian, and occhio is ocular. So Pinocchio means the pineal eye that we are to activate to become Christ's. So it's all a process. It's no use, you know, worrying whether he had red hair or blue eyes or he was dark or white or black. Oh, I saw a black Jesus. Maybe he was black. So you've got black people who are arguing, oh, Jesus was a black man. And then you've got Jews saying, no, he was brown. He was a Jew and a long nose. You know, he's got a hook nose. And then you've got Romans saying, oh, he was white with blue eyes. And everybody's got a different picture of Jesus and they're all arguing and they're all fighting. The, ba the Southern Baptists kill the Northern Baptists. The Jehovah's Witnesses hate the, the Mormons. The Mormons go to war and kill the Catholics. And all these Christians are killing each other. And they're all telling you that every other church is from the devil. Right? So when you go to every other church and you ask them whether that church is from the devil... Every other church will say, yes, that church that's saying that all the others are from the devil, they are from the devil. Well, then that means they're all from the devil. You see, so they're all satanic, uh, Rothschild-controlled, 501c3 corporate entities. They are there to do the will of the government. The government uses them for mind control. And the greatest control that you can ever be under is waiting for a saviour. Or he's coming in the clouds. We've been waiting for 2,022 years now, but um, he's, uh, he's coming as a man. Uh, right. we'll, just, we'll just wait. In the meantime, the governments are doing all these nice things to us, aren't they? Um, mm, yeah, we've got a lot of FEMA concentration camps and everything to go into where we'll be protected, but Jesus will come and save us. You'd think it already, with all the wars, famines, pestilences and heartache you'd think 
he'd be good enough to already have come if it was really a real true coming. But no, it's not. And the governments have created these 501c3 organisations, including the Jehovah's Witnesses, all of them, just to keep us waiting and waiting. In the meantime, they're busy. They're busy harvesting the energy of these churchgoers, draining them of everything, taxing them, taking their donations, uh, stealing the money. And, uh, yeah, these poor people are none the wiser and never will be true Christians because they haven't been taught the true process of ascension, which is in the Bible. So, you know, you, you mentioned Jehovah Witness. You grew up a Jehovah Witness, right? Yeah. That's an intense religion, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, but uh, I'm glad. I was, a, I was a good student, you know. I've, I, I love the Bible, uh, and I, it's still my favorite book, and, and I, I love Christianity. I'm a Christian, you know, um, although I primarily call myself a syncretist because that's what Jesus was. Jesus... Um, embraced the prostitutes the drunkards the samaritans the galileans the jews um he didn't he didn't you know discriminate he preached to anyone and everyone who wanted healing and salvation and um that's the true model of a christian a christian means someone who is anointed with the holy oil the oil of the chrism so, you know, I love all that still because I understand it now, what it really is. I've just shifted the paradigm to the true one, the true model of Christianity. And now I'm a, a way, way better Christian, you know, way more uh, advanced than I'll ever be as a Job's witness. Mm. What, what does your, your family think? If they must be Job's witnesses still. <laughs> Uh, my family are intelligent enough to have understood syncretism. I taught them. I got them out of the Jehovah's Witnesses, and um, they're all following my syncretism because we're intelligent. I come from an intelligent family. Even my father, who has passed away now recently, um, he listened to me. You know, our family was not people who would say, oh, no, 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 that's, that's no, no. We're, we're an open-minded, open-hearted family, always nice. have been. And I'm blessed to have been born in my family, my mother especially. She's a, she's a true, true, true goddess, you know, my mother. Very nice. Yeah, I always appreciated the Jehovah Witness tradition, though, in the sense of they kind of looked through the Bible and they broke down certain traditions. And, you know, it, it wasn't uh, traditional Christianity by any means. No, it's Jewish. It's a Jewish Christian religion. It's the most Jewish of all the Christian religions out there. It's Zionist. In fact, the Watchtower used to be called the Watchtower of Zion. Mm. And Charles Taze Russell, the founder of the Witnesses, was a friend of Lord Rothschild and promoted Zionism and longed for the day that the children of Israel would have their, um, their land returned. So it's a Zionist corporate church and they get their money from Chase Manhattan and JP Morgan. Open checkbook. Wow. Yeah. Five, 501c3 corporations. Yeah. It's like you said. Yep. How come in the Bible it's, it's 
um, positioned in a way that Jewish people are the chosen ones. Because they are. When you raise the chrism, you become a Jew. See, there's, there's four castes, Christian, Israelite, Jewish, and Hebrew. And then after Hebrew is Telestoi, which is a completed master. So a Jew is a chosen one already. A Jew is above an Israelite. An Israelite just means the general masses that still haven't awakened. When you become a Jew, you become like a priest. You, you are an individual who has chosen to walk on the path, the right-hand path of righteousness and to return in purity to God in heaven, to your source. That's what a Jew is. So Jew, a Jew is not a race. No. It's a spiritual race. It's not a biological race. Shlo Shlomo Sands, a Jewish professor, he'll tell you that in a flash, in a heartbeat. He'll well, say there's no such thing as a Jewish race. I, I, I struggled with that when growing up because I grew up putting quotes in the air for the listeners, half Jewish. My mom's Jewish. Mm -hmm. So I had, I had Christmas and Hanukkah. I had both. Both beautiful traditions. I, I, I couldn't wrap my head around people saying that they're Jewish when people ask you what you are. You know, when my friends would be like, I'm Italian, <laughs> you know, I'm African. And then someone says, oh, I'm Jewish. And I, I couldn't wrap my head around it because I'd be like, how am I Jewish if my family's from Russia and Hungary? And it's not a nationality. The original Jews are from the Middle East, right? Well, this is the thing. The idea that they come from the Middle East, this is erroneous. This is just because we have Jesuit uh, redacted literature, which tells us that. Um, see, Jews are all over the world. They're more like a nomadic people who are in, are in the caste in India they call the, the Vaishas or the Kshatriyas. The Brahmins, they are the Hebrews. The Hebrews are higher than the Jews. You have to go from Jew to Hebrew to ascend properly, right? So they, I mean, in the Middle Ages, all the Jews were in Spain. Um, in the modern day, they, they were all in Russia and Eastern Europe. But in the 13th, 14th and 15th, they were all in France. In the 16th century, they all went to England. You know, it depends. Are they Ashkenazi Jews? Are they Sephardic Jews? Hasidic Jews? Are we talking about um, Khazarian Jews? Are we talking about um, Orthodox Jews? It's not a race. It's, it's a priesthood. It's a class, a, ca a caste, a caste, a caste. So, you know, we all have to be Jews. It's, it's good to be a Jew. And the Jewish religion is a beautiful system. And I teach it. Um, I teach uh, the, the Kabbalistic um, side of it as well, which is es esoteric Judaism. It's, it's just another branch of syncretism. It's just another philosophical path which will lead you to heaven, which will return you to God, and which will make you a Christian or a Hebrew or a Jew, whatever you want to call it. A Jew is a Christian. It's the same thing. It's just a different word for the same thing. See, here, I live in a casa. That's a house. But when I go to America, I'll be living in a house. Now, casa and house are the same thing. 
But you're not going to stone me to death if I say I live in a casa and I come to, you know, Texas or wherever you are, Oregon, you know, I come to your place. I say, I love this casa. Oh, you said the wrong word. You you know, (laughs) you're a heathen. Jew, Christian, it doesn't matter. There's just words. Where where does uh, Hinduism fall into everything? It's it's the same thing. Um, In Hindu, they have Brahma and Sara Swati. Well, in the Jewish religion, we have Abraham, which is just, you just shift the A from the back and you put it in the front. Brahma, Abraham. And his wife was Sarai, Saraswati. Now, the Saraswati River was dried up in India. Well, the Bible says that Saraswati's womb was dried up and she couldn't have children. So God made her at the age of 90 have Isaac. You see, it's talking about even the Hindus have their dried up barren Saraswati river. You see, it's, it's Sarah. See, the cerebram is Sarah and Abraham in your head in the promised land. It's mm-hmm. the cerebram, Sarah and Abraham. That's why Jesus said, I saw Abraham in heaven and he looked down at, at, at Lazarus. Uh, or you look down at the um, the people in hell. See, because Bram, Abraham, is your cerebram. <laughs> it's all in your body. The promised land is in your body. Yeah. Sodom and Gomorrah is your bottom chakra. That's where you get sodomized. Gomorrah is the second bottom chakra. That's where your sexual appetite comes from. So the people who were living in Sodom and Gomorrah, they were the people who were living in their two bottom chakras. Sodom being at the at the uh, perineum where the anus aperture is and where you get sodomized, right. and Gomorrah. It's even in some of the um, encyclopedias of the anatomy that they actually call that uh, so, that plexus of the um, the sacral plexus. They call it something like Gomorrah, and it's very similar to Gomorrah. And it's known in the medical world that it's Gomorrah. You know, Jerusalem is the pineal gate. That's where we all got, we're all headed to Jerusalem, who is in heaven. Jerusalem comes from Heru, Herusalem, the peace of Heru. Heru is Horus. Horus is Christ in Egypt. Christ was in Egypt thousands and thousands of years ago you can go to the temple at Luxor and you can see the four panels of the three wise men visiting Mary in a stable giving birth the three mid mid um, midwives helping and then you see this baby Jesus in the arms of Mary and all these three wise men bowing down to give gifts this is in the temple like Luxor which is at least four and a half thousand years old when the conquistadors came to Mexico here, the cross was everywhere. It was in Peru. This land used to be called Amaru Khan. So they just said Amaru is Quetzalcoatl, Mercury, the feathered serpent. Well, we call him Mer. So we'll have America, America. So they changed Amaru Khan or Amara Khan to America. Mm. And 
America was full of the cross everywhere. They went to Japan. Marco Polo said, I went to Japan. I saw the cross. The cross is everywhere. In fact, I went to the grave of Isikiri, Isikiri in Japan. Now, that's Jesus Christ in Japanese. I went to his cross, to his grave. It's one of the three official graves to Jesus Christ that are recognized. One in Kashmir, one in Japan, one in, in Jerusalem, period. And I went to that one. Mm. And guess where it was? It was right next to a town called Herai. Yeah, that's Jerusalem. The J and the H are interchangeable. Yeah, there, there is a grave site in Kashmir, isn't there? I remember hearing that. Yes, brother. Because, And that's why in India there's, there's a, a tomb to St. Thomas. They said, oh, one of Jesus' disciples came to India. No, 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 no. They didn't come. They were there forever. These tombs, these Christian science was on this earth forever. And when all the peoples migrated into these various other nations, the Scythians, the Caucasians, all of these migrations that took place, then the Western Europeans into the Americas, the New World, they just found the same religion, different words, and they just relabeled it. They said, oh, okay, they came to Mexico and that the Virgin of Guadalupe, they called her the Madonna. Mm. And her name was Tonantzin. All is a ton. So they, they saw Tonantzin, but that's the Virgin. That has been in Mexico for thousands upon thousands of years. They just called her the Madonna now. But before, that's how... Before that's, Jesus. <laughs> way, way before, man. Yeah. Way before. Yeah. History needs to be revisited and revised now. We, we've got to stop this nonsense <clears throat> of believing the Scaligian uh, Jesuit false history and all this rubbish about Christianity being the superior religion of Constantine's corporate Christianity and how we have to massacre all these heathens and and convert them Pizarro and uh, and um, Cortes and all of these conquistadores coming here beheading you know destroying the Popol Vuh and the Mayan culture and all these satanic religions. They were basically just worshipping Jesus Christ with a different name. Right. What a great disservice they did to humanity. Destroyed the true records of our only one religion, religion of love and ascension, which is Christianity, which is, you can call it Judaism, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Hinduism, it's, they are all pointing to the same thing. They have the same characters. They have the same gods. They have the same stories in them. Every single book that I've read from all the comparative studies I've done, they're all the same thing. There's no difference at all whatsoever, but you have to be a comparative um, researcher. You can't just say, oh, no, um, the governing body said, I just have to read the Watchtower and the Awake and the um, Watchtower and Track Society publishing uh, publications only because the Mormons are demons and the Baptists are demons and they will lead you to hell. No, no, no. You have to read the Book of Mormon. You have to read the Bible. You have to read Bhagavad Gita. You have to read um, the Torah. This is what we always used to do in Tartaria. 
when they destroyed Tartaria, the Jesuits, they, um, we got amnesia. They dumbed us down. And now we uh, buy all of this pseudoscience and false religions. Well, there's, there's just so much knowledge in the, in the languages as you, you're known for breaking that down like you just did a few minutes ago. But what's the deal with Arabic names? Uh, are there keys in the Arabic names, something with astrology there? Of course, all languages do. Hebrew is a perfect language. English is a perfect language. Sanskrit, Mayan, German, they are all perfect, perfect languages. And they will all unlock the secrets of ascension. Language can be your savior. It can be your jailer. It can enslave you. It can liberate you, just like the Bible. The Bible has enslaved many fools, but it's liberated many wise men. Mm. Is holy water real? Yes, of course it is. How would that work? Well, they, they imbue the water with a frequency. They might get a bell, ding, ding. They might get some incense and cleanse it. They might uh, put it in a vortex and structure it. They might put a drop of an essence, some special in essence, but yes, it's holy water. But I wouldn't trust the holy water of the Catholic Church because they might put arsenic in it. You know, these guys, you, you don't know. Uh, I mean, it's, it's been reported that they've found um, uh, toxic poisons in the Eucharists. Mm. And that's how they make them. They make them with toxic poisons. So all the Catholics that eat the body of Christ, munch, 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 they are ingesting DNA-altering poisons. Hmm. The last time we spoke, you mentioned that we can live a long time on other planets. How, yes, how but, can that happen? Yes, but not in these skin suits. We would go as in spirit because the moon is a realm. The sun is a realm. Saturn is a realm. They are dwelling places of blessed beings. But they're not the ultimate dwelling place. The ultimate dwelling place is called the Empyrean. Or in the, in the East, they call it Vrindavan. In fact, if you go to India today, there's a city called Vrindavan where Krishna, just again, the same thing, where Krishna supposedly had all of his um, experiences and, and, and they also have fallen for the Jesuit lie that Krishna actually incarnated on the earth. It's interesting because the, the, the real true scholars of Hinduism tell you that Krishna never incarnated. They tell you that it's written in such a way that it seems to be mundane history, but that's for the mundane-minded. But it's not because the ones who have a higher intelligence, they see what it really is saying. The past times of Krishna were not on this earth, but people from the earth saw them people who were enlightened, they saw Krishna because they had, they had that experience where they could actually see Krishna and they, and they related what they saw as, you know, as a, as a gospel and then, and then people misinterpreted that. The same with Christ. I mean, you know, 2,000 years ago, maybe that was a propitious time for all these good people to have actually really seen Christ, but he wasn't incarnated. It's like... Um, you know, AI now, they can make, um, make someone in your room. You can, you can see them. Oh, a hologram. A hologram. Yeah. Okay. That's what they saw. It doesn't mean that 
they're telling lies. No, that's, there's no lies in the Gospels. They saw Jesus, yes. They didn't see a historical, physical incarnated Jesus. When the Bible says the word was made flesh, well, that's simply telling you that the Holy Spirit, the word, the Christ was made flesh. It was Jesus came in the flesh. Yes, that's telling you that in your flesh is Jesus. It's in you. You see, he who denies that Christ did not come in the flesh, he is a blasphemer. See, I don't deny Christ came in the flesh. He did. Right. He came in my flesh. He came in your flesh. He came in everyone who will accept him. Christ within. Absolutely. There's no, there's, and, there and is so, a Christ without, of course, but not historically, factually. I've met many Christian folks who have had Jesus-based experiences. Yes. Where... Perhaps they were in a bad situation. They dropped to their knees. They prayed. They talked to Jesus. They claim they have a relationship with Jesus. And then I've heard stories where they claim something has happened, something. Yes. Dare, dare I use the word miraculous? So. Yes, but that's all happening in their heads. What they saw, what they experienced, it all happened in their head. They changed their state of consciousness. They altered it where they bowed down and begged God. When you do that, when you beseech God and pray, you change your chemistry and you, you alter your consciousness and you allow these visions to come in, but they happen in your head. And right. yes, they do have a relationship with Jesus because they are now blessed to be able to connect with that vision and that being inside of them that they've activated, they can connect with that one whenever they want. God is always with you. And my, my understanding is that it's something with the subconscious mind, a division of the brain, you know? It is. You could say it's the subconscious or the superconscious brain. Yes, it but, is. Like, like, like this database, this karma, if you want to call it. Acacia. I'm a practitioner of Ho'oponopono. I don't know if you're familiar. It's an ancient Hawaiian mindfulness practice. Yeah, and, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And what we do is we, we speak to our inner child, which is the nickname for the subconscious mind. So it's, it's, a, it's a way to bring your vibration up and you know, get your subconscious to calm down, if you will. Because sometimes the mind can do this and do that, and it's kind of a calm down type thing. And yeah. It's praying, but in a different direction. Yeah. It's praying internal instead of going this way. Yeah, that's right. And when I learned this, I was like, whoa, because I started connecting everything. And what you just said, it just, it just confirmed everything, what you just said. That's why well, prayer works. Well, that's why it's written in the Bible where Jesus says, um, when you pray, do not go out like the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees who like to be seen praying because they like to uh, give an air of holiness. You go into your secret chamber. Well, that's, that means in your heart. Yeah. When you pray, you pray in your heart. You pray from your heart. Dear God, I love you. Yes, yes, yes. Why, yes. why would you, why do you have to, well, you can, you can also say it out loud in, in, a, in a group, but not to bring attention to yourself. Right. Praying out loud is even, 
it's even more powerful because now you've verbalized it into the outside mind. And so there's many modalities of praying. But when Jesus says, you go into your inner chambers and pray secretly to your father who is in heaven, who will hear you. Because it matters not how and where you pray, as long as you do that with sincerity and goodness. Yes. Yes, man. <laughs> yes. I can't help but wonder, you know, one of my mentors has said that, you know, love surrounds us. It's here. It's just hard to perceive because most of us are closed. We're very closed. And so I have to wonder if some of these Jesus believers, they, they, they um, experience great amounts of love because by doing the praying and whatnot, and by having the belief, it acts as a device to open their heart a little more. And so they're perceiving the, the energy. Yes. Yep. Uh, love is the true religion. It's, um, it's based on truth. Truth is first, love is second. But love cannot exist without truth. Truth is the pillar, the principle. Right. Love is more like the attribute. It is a principle as well, but it is the, it's an attribute of truth. Where are you at in your ascension journey? Oh, I've got a long way to go. I'm such a, I'm not anything extraordinary in anything. I think I've just, I'm, I'm struggling. Um, you know, I have to deal with many things before, before I become a truly enlightened master. I'm nowhere near it. Uh, that's why I've never said, you know, I've never ever claimed to be anything other than a researcher. That's all I've ever said. And I'm just a researcher. You know, the truths I share, they are true, but it doesn't necessarily reflect on me in that I'm perfect in those ways, you know. But, yeah. but uh, I can, re I can um, guarantee you that uh, I earnestly every day walk the path and um, progress a little bit every day. So eventually I'll get there. But I've had moments. I've had moments of great enlightenment. and Satori's. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've had really, really good, good moments where um, I've ascended to the very, very heights, but then I've come back smashing down to the earth. And it can and, be, it uh, can be quite depressing coming back sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so now I just keep balanced and I just go a day at a time and uh, one day I will be purified and I will be a guru or whatever it is, you know, a Brahmin, uh, a Christian, uh, you know, in the meantime, I'll just stay on the right-hand path. There's no way I'll be seduced by the left-hand path. And, um, you know, that's, that's all I can say. I know my oil is rising. I know that this is expanding in consciousness all the time. I know my heart is growing more loving every day. My health is getting better, better every day. I know I'm improving and that's, that's all I need. That keeps me going. You know, um, I have the same struggles as everyone else. Yeah. You know, there's, uh, electromagnetic smog there's you know graphene oxide all around us there's you know uh, the, the water's contaminated there's all kinds of um you know pollutants and um so i do my best to avoid those and keep clean and um yeah i'm just inching away every day edging forward and um winning the battle and you mentioned earlier that your father passed away recently yeah how, how do you deal with grief and, and death? I, I, I'm probably a, 
a lot different to most people. I don't really uh, grieve when people die. You know, if they die brutally, then, you know, I, ooh, I, you know, I get very emotional and that and everything and, and I feel sad. But if someone passes away, like my father, just like that, you know, um, to me, I just acknowledge it, say a prayer, and it doesn't change much at all, really, it, it, because I know what death is. If you look at the word, D is door, and then F is ether. So it's the doorway to the ether. It's the doorway to heaven. Deether, door to ether, death. And that's why it has the word eat inside of it, because death eats all of its victims. So the ether eats, um, you know, or assumes um, souls back to it. You mentioned that on the podcast last time, you, there, that there's a way to, to live forever. Yeah, look, there's people hidden away in caves, in mountains, in Tibet, in, in China, and they're, they're thousands of years old and they, they just don't have anything to do with civilization because they'll get corrupted. Um, but they've got their techniques, they've got their um, ways of sustaining their life. But, yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to die um, in these bodies, you can sustain them forever. Well, <clears throat> that's not exactly true. Forever in the sense that, you know, you can live, you know, a million years, two million or whatever, but no one does because it gets boring. No one lives. Most people after, you know, 600,000 years, they, they want to change. And, and you, can, you can summons your, your own death at an instant and will yourself to another dimension at will uh, when you, re you when you receive uh, all your your full powers, uh, once you restore the Christ in your biological system. So, yeah, it's it's going to be great when we uh, advance in this um, ascension process because we're going to have a lot of powers. And we'll be able to, um, you know, we'll be able to go invisible. We'll, we'll be able to uh, cross in over to other dimensions. We'll be able to take other bodies rejuvenate, um, heal. There's going to be so many gifts that are coming to us that um, the elite know uh, are coming, and that's why they're doing everything to stop it, mm. everything in their power. Yeah, many, many yogis and, what, and, and masters have, have done a lot of these techniques and, like you said, kind of hidden away. Yeah, yeah. But in this conventional world, you know, if we stay in these cities that we live in, in these countries, both you and I will will die, you know, probably at 90 or 100 or 120, because it, it, we're in the wrong uh, we're in the wrong place. You, you've got to leave all attachments, total detachment, and you've got to go to some isolated place with your secrets on how to live forever. So, yeah, you you really can't have interaction with other human beings. Hmm. So it can be boring. This is why God made other entities other than himself, because in, in all that bliss and perfection, there is an element of boredom. Yeah. And so God made us so that God could see himself through us and grow us so that when we go back, those experiences enrich God and that God has something to play with 
you know, God is very playful. God needs to make these transverse wave worlds. It's creation. It's got to be playful, right? Yeah, it's a hologram. He needs it because it's a toy. You know, there's always got to be some activity. Stillness and and being God is just amazingly beautiful, but it's it's not enough. You know, you've got to vary it and change it around a bit. Thanks for listening to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese. If this episode opened your heart, feel free to share on social media and tell your loved ones. Also, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, may peace be with you.